It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Building the nation with the word of the Lord, teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom, 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 empowerment. Well, welcome, children of the Most High God. I am your host tonight, Elder Coilette James, and I'm here to welcome you to prayer, praise, and the word of God. We're going to have an awesome time tonight as we just get before the throne room of God and lift each other up in prayer and continue on with some praise and worship and then into our topic on tonight in Bible study. And our topic tonight is becoming worship. It is our desire to become that that God created us to be, and that is a worshiper. So we're going to deal with that and talk about that a little later on in the broadcast. But for right now, we always start and open up with prayer, which is one of my favorite parts, as you guys know. So let's just go before the throne room of God and just continue to give him adoration and to lift him up and to stand in the gap one for another. Hallelujah. Father God, we just worship you. We adore you. We invite you in on this broadcast on tonight, Lord God, for truly it is all about you. It is all about giving glory and honor to you. It is all about worshiping you. It is all about seeing you as our Father, as our Lord, as our Master, as our redeeming kinsman, as all that you have presented presented yourself to be, our Prince of Peace, that one that gives us joy, that surpasses all understanding. Father God, I have uh, an unction in my spirit on tonight to just go into some intercession for those that will listen to the broadcast. For we know that these are troubling times, oh God, and there's been unrest in our nation. There's always some unrest in our nation, but this weekend was very troubling because there's a lot of people that feel that an unjust verdict came down in in a trial, a very high vol, highly volatile trial, and we're just going to right now stand in your stead, decreeing and declaring peace over our nation, oh, Lord God. You said that there would be wars and rumors of wars, and we know, Lord God, that it is you and you alone that have the right to judge, oh, God, because it is you and you alone that also have the right to forgive men of their sins. So we're not standing, Lord God, on one side or the other tonight, but we are standing in a a position of speaking peace, Lord God, peace to our nation, Lord God. There has been so much murder and killing and life, the sanctity of life has no meaning any longer, Lord. People are just taking lives at will and not giving a second thought about it. So, Father God, right now we just cause and we ask, Lord, for peace in our nation, peace in our country. You have given us the ability to pray for peace, oh, Lord God. There are unjust people huh, that are that are taking guns in their hands. There are innocent people that are being murdered, oh, Lord God. And there are people, hallelujah, that are literally, literally getting away with murder. But, Father, huh, they think they are in this natural life but not in your spirit, O oh Lord God. So right now, we just pray, Father God, for a healing in our land, a healing, Lord, in our hearts, a healing in our minds, O oh Lord God. We pray for those, Lord God, the single mothers that are out there and struggling with their children, single mothers that don't know how they're going to put food on their table, single mothers that are seeing their children sitting and hungry and starving and they don't know what to do or where to turn. Father God, you are that person. You are that source. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are the one that goes before us and makes the crooked way straight. You are the one that makes provision on our behalf. You are the one that we look to and we turn to, oh, Lord God. It is in you and you alone that we put our faith, our hope, and our trust. So as we lift up these single parents out here, Lord God, single moms, single dads, and even some families, oh, Lord God, they may have both parents in the home, but there's still a struggle. We're in a financial crisis in this country, oh, Lord God, and around the world. It is not just in America where the, the 
financial situation is very volatile, but across the world, oh, Lord God, for one thing, men have put their hope and their trust in mammon, and you, Lord God, have proven to be our source. It is not about the money, oh, Lord God. It is about seeing you as our source, as our guide, as our protector, as our comforter, as our all in our all, Father God. So as these people go through their struggles, we lift them up tonight, oh, Lord God, and we pray that you would call them in your peace. I just hear that tone throughout this prayer, oh God, that your peace is what we need. Hallelujah. That peace, Lord God, that surpasses all understanding. That peace, oh Lord God, that comes only in your throne room. That peace, oh Lord God, that comes from a relationship with you, oh God. I just pray and I just speak peace. Peace into the hearts of those that are listening, oh God. Peace into those that have had a a traumatic day. Peace to those, oh God, that have lost loved ones and are at their wit's end. Peace, oh Lord God. Peace, peace, peace that are in the middle of litigation, oh God, and they don't know which way to turn. Peace, oh God. Peace for those, Lord, that just are at their wit's end. Peace for those that are contemplating suicide. Peace for those, oh Lord God, that are contemplating going out to rob and to steal and to kill. Peace. We speak peace to their spirits right now, oh God. We speak, we decree, we declare, oh Lord God, that they will stop in their tracks and they will acknowledge you. Let there be a manifestation, Lord God, of your presence in their lives. Father, we loose your warring angels and your ministering spirits to go out and to minister to these, oh God. To minister unto them, O oh Lord God, those that may have lost their jobs today, those that, hallelujah, may have lost their spouse today. Maybe they're in the middle of a bitter divorce settlement, O oh Lord God, or maybe, hallelujah, they're in battle with their children, O oh Lord God. You know every situation. You know every circumstance, and we're putting every situation on the altar. We're giving it all to you right now, oh, God, right now, right now, Father, for there's nothing that we can do. We do not have control of the situation. We do not have control over man's thoughts. We do not have control over man's actions beyond our own, oh, God. So, Father, We give it to you. We give it to you. We trust you to be who you said that you are, and that is God Almighty. There's nothing we can do but surrender unto you. And according to your words, you said that if we came to you, if we drew near to you, you would draw near to us. If we came and if we knocked on your door, O Lord God, you said that you would answer, that you would hear us, O Lord God, that you would sup with us, O God, that you would have koinonia, fellowship with us, O God. So we're seeking that on tonight. We're seeking your fellowship. We're seeking your counsel. We're seeking your wisdom. We're seeking your guidance. We're seeking to hear from you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're praising you. We're worshiping you, oh, Lord God. We want to be that that you created us to be, oh, Lord God. We want to be worship. We want to be that sweet-smelling savor in your nostril. We want to be, oh, Lord God that attentive child. We want to be that loyal servant. We want to be what you created us to be. Your word has decreed and declared that you created us to will and to do of your good pleasure, O God. And so tonight we submit ourselves unto you. We surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our families to you. We surrender our situations to you that you would get the pleasure in all that we are doing, that you would get the pleasure in the midst, oh, Lord God, of whatever is going on. You created us to will and to do of your good pleasure, your good pleasure. And you said, Father God, that if we were a delight before you, if we were a delight in your eyes, that you would also give us the treasures of our hearts. So we thank you, Father, that you're not just a God that takes and takes and takes and does not give back. Ah, but you are a God of mercy. You're a God of grace. You're a God of love. You said in your word, Lord, that there was no good thing which you withhold from us. For them that loved you, for them that were called according to your purpose, we decree our love for you tonight, O Lord God. We decree and declare that we were created for your purpose. Hallelujah. We were created in your mindset before we were created. Came, came forth in this earth realm because of the confirmation of our parents. We recognize that. Huh, just as you told Jeremiah, before we were in our mother's womb, you knew us. You called us. 
You sanctified us. You set us apart apart to do your will. And gratefully, gratefully, we, we submit to that call on our lives. Ah, oh, we give you praise on tonight. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Lord God, we love you with every fiber of our being. Father, for those that are listening to this broadcast and they're having aches and pains or they've been diagnosed with sickness or disease, oh God, we come against the root of that thing. For your word decreed and declared over 2,000 years ago that Christ bore stripes on his back, that we may walk in healing, that we may walk healthy, that we may be whole, O Lord God. So we stand on that today. We decree and declare our wholeness. We decree and declare our healing, O God. When Christ healed the lepers, when Christ went forth and healed the blind man, when he healed the lame, he didn't just heal them. He said, be made whole. So we receive our wholeness on today so that as our physical being is being healed, so is our mental capacity, so is our heartaches, oh, Lord God, so is our spirit. We're being made whole in you. And in order to be made whole in you, we have to be one with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we thank you, Father God, that your spirit that dwells within us makes us one with you. We welcome your spirit in our heart. We welcome your spirit, Lord God, the transformation of our old nature into the new nature, the recreated nature in you, oh God. We welcome that. We thank you that our old thoughts have been passed away, that our mind is being renewed daily, daily. Our mind is being renewed through your word, through time with you, oh Lord God. Through fellowship with you, our mind is being renewed daily. So those old thoughts have passed away, and our new thoughts are are of whatsoever is good, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is righteous, whatsoever is holy, whatsoever is of a good report. We thank you, Father God. Thank you for the new thoughts. Thank you for the new thought pattern. We decree and declare, Lord God, that the same mind that was in Christ Jesus is also in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we think on the things of you. We meditate on the things of you. Hallelujah. It's not about self-help, Lord God. It's meditating on your word. It's meditating on what you have created us to be. It's meditating on what you have decreed and declared over our lives. We give you praise for it, Lord. We give you praise for it, O God. We are who you said we are. We are that that you created us to be. We decree it over our own lives today, O Lord God. We decree that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We decree and we declare, O oh God, that the root of the thing that might hinder us from following you with our whole heart is being rooted up right now, Lord God, and discarded, whether it be in our ancestry, O oh Lord God, or whether it be something that we have done in this lifetime, O oh God. We root it up and we decree and declare there shall be no hindrance that will keep us from flowing in your spirit that will keep us from walking upright before you. You sanctified us. You justified us. You consecrated us, oh, Lord God. It was you that chose us and not we ourselves. So we decree because of the choice you made, oh, God, because of what you have decreed over us, because of what you have set in motion for our lives, we decree and declare that we are whole that we are transformed, that we are renewed in mind, body, and spirit. We are renewed in you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you praise tonight. We give you praise, oh, Lord God, hallelujah, that we don't have to look back. We don't have to dwell in the past. Even what you may have done yesterday might have been great and mighty and wonderful, and and we rejoice in that, but today is a new day, and we look forward, oh, Lord God. We don't look behind, so we thank you, Father God, that you're doing a new thing even now. Shall it not spring forth, and shall we not know it? Hallelujah. We receive of you. We receive the newness and the freshness of your spirit in our lives every single day. Your word says that daily you've laid up blessings and benefits for us. Daily, 
daily, O Lord God. It's not a one-time thing. And our choosing to serve you, our choosing to work rock, walk upright with you is not a one-time choice. It's not just about salvation, but it's a daily choice. It's a moment-by-moment choice. We choose you. We choose to be used of you. We choose to serve you. Ah, glory, Lord. We choose to be a blessing unto others. We choose you. And we're so grateful. We're so grateful that you have given us the ability in which to do so. Oh, we love you, Lord. Mm. We love you, Lord. We choose to become worship. We choose to be pleasing in your sight. We choose you above all else, oh God. We choose you over our situations. We choose you over our circumstances. We choose you over our relationships. We choose you over silver and gold. We choose you. For we recognize and we understand, oh God, without you we are nothing. If you were to snatch the breath out of our body, we could not breathe. We need you for the necessary life. You took us, you formed us a lump in the clay, and you breathed your roha in us, the breath of life, your Holy Spirit. We were dead. We were dead in our sins, but you breathed your breath of life in us, oh God. Resurrected us, cleansed us, washed us. Ah, glory. We're so grateful to you. So right now, right now, we freely submit and surrender all to you. We surrender all that we are and all that we are not to you, that you may have your way, that you may have your way. Let our very lives be a walking, living, breathing epistle of who you are, O Lord God. Let our lives speak volumes for those that we come in contact. We don't even have to utter the name of Jesus in certain situations for them to see him at work in us and through us. Ah, let our lives speak. Let our very lives speak, O Lord God. Let the love that you have shown unto us be shown unto others. Ah, mm, glory, Lord, glory, Lord, use us. Use us to your glory. Use us to your glory. Build us up, O oh God, that we may be encouragement to others. Build us, build us, build us, O oh God. I know that there are specific needs, Lord God, on the line right now. And we thank you, Father, that you are meeting those needs. You are meeting every person under the sound of my voice right where they are. Right where they are, be them in the car or in their house or in a church or wherever they may be, oh, Lord God, listening to your voice. They may be in the bathroom. They may be in the bedroom. They may be wherever. They may be on their jobs. But wherever they are, right here, right now, I decree and declare, Lord God, your greatness upon their lives. I decree and declare, Lord God, deliverance from every shackle that would hold them bound, oh God. I decree and declare right now your guidance, your direction, that your word will light their pathway. You will be their lamp. I decree and declare over their lives deliverance from every weight that would so easily beset them every weight of sin, every weight of bondage, every, every weight of negativity, oh, God, I decree deliverance in their lives as only you can do, for you are the deliverer. You are the deliverer. But you created us, oh, Lord God, to be a speaking spirit just as you are. You gave us the authority as your ambassadors to speak in the earth realm and to utter your words and to utter your declarations over your children and to see it come to pass, that it would be so. So we stand on that authority on today. We decree and declare that those lost children, those children that haven't been home in months or maybe years, that the 
parents have grieved themselves almost into an early grave over their children. We call them back into the fold right now. We call them home. We call them home, oh God. Let them pick up the phone and call their parents. Let them pick up the phone, oh Lord God, and call in. Let them reach out to their parents. Let them know. Let them let their parents know that they're alive, that they're well, that all is good, that your hand of protection has kept them, even in the midst. Even the midst, I know firsthand that even in the midst of our wicked and perversions, oh, Lord God, even in the midst of our sins, oh, Lord God, you're such a loving Father that you have the ability to keep us until we come back into our right mind. Just as a prodigal son went away from his father and did all manner of things, there was that day of reckoning. There was that day when they came and when he came into the knowledge of who you were, who his father was, who ha where he could go. And the word of God said he came to himself. He came to himself. So we decree and declare that all these children that are out there, Lord God, doing all manner of things, children that were raised in the church, they were raised properly, but yet and still they have stepped out from under your ark of safety. But we decree and declare today that they're coming back to their right mind. They're coming back to their right mind. They're recognizing and understanding that there is nothing they can do apart from you. And that representation in their lives right now is manifesting in the form of their parents. They're picking up the phone and saying, I'm okay. I want to come home. And I thank you for the parents' hearts, those fleshly hearts that are loving their children back in, that are running out as the prodigal father did, the prodigal son's father did, with the robe of righteousness to run out and to welcome them home with love. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for the parents' hearts that are heavy, that don't know if their child is alive or dead. I thank you, Father, that right now that you're giving them peace of mind as you bring their child home. Oh, I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing. I lift up that one, oh, Lord God, that's been out of work for a long time, that just feels worthless, especially that husband, oh, Lord God, that just feels like he is of no use to his family. I decree and declare to you not to give up. Father, I speak employment over him right now, right now, right now. I thank you, Lord, that you have put in motion his blessing, and he will walk therein. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the door that you're opening on his behalf even now. Thank you, O Lord God. Thank you so, so very much, O Lord God, that you love us unconditionally. The love that you have for us is so great, O Lord God. Ha, glory, 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 that we cannot outrun it, O Lord God. We cannot avoid it, O Lord God, because it is everywhere. It is everywhere. And we just thank you, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you that you're blessing us. You're blessing us even now. Father God, we lift up that one that you have put in motion to be a blessing in our lives, and we say thank you. And we say no weapon formed against that one shall prosper. We thank you, O Lord God, that as you have put into their hearts and in their minds to be a blessing unto us, nothing shall by any means hinder that blessing. Just as, oh, God, you have put in our heart and our mind to be a blessing unto another, Lord God, nothing shall hinder that blessing. Your blessings are free to flow in us and through us. We are blessed to be a blessing, and we thank you, oh, Lord God. We give you praise for it. Ah, you are worthy, oh, God, you are worthy. Thank you for this time of prayer. Thank you, Lord God, for this time of intercession. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for covering us, Lord God, in the midst. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you have allowed us a time, a sweet time of of fellowship with you, Lord God, recognizing what prayer is. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to you in thanksgiving, knowing, knowing that we already have the petitions of our hearts. We lift up those, Lord God, high that are walking in bereavement right now. You know every family that's in bereavement right now, that listening, that hears me, oh, God. I may not know their names. I may not know who they are, but you know. And you are that great comforter, oh, Lord God. 
You are able to comfort. You are able to lift up that heavy heart. You are able to allow them to recognize that, yes, they can go on. Yes, tomorrow does hold a brighter day. They may not be able to see it right now. All they feel is hurt and pain right now. But, yes, 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 you are there. You are there to speak peace to their troubled soul. You are there, O oh Lord God, to bring them beauty for ashes, joy for mourning. You are there. Let them experience your love firsthand. Let them experience that peace. And though they may miss their loved ones, O oh Lord God, let them have the reassurance that they're with you. Ah, we give you praise, O oh God. We thank you, Father. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this ability to lift you up. And now, Father God, we thank you for a, a chance to, to praise you, to lift you up in song and in worship, O oh Lord God, a chance to decree hallelujah, our praise for you, Lord God, a chance to, to have our hearts uplifted. Ah, oh, we give you praise. We give you praise, O oh God, for you are so, so worthy. You are so, so worthy of all the praise and all the glory and of the honor. And, Father God, as we have taken this time to prayer, we, uh, for prayer, we believe that the atmosphere has been shifted in our listeners' voices, in our listeners' ears, in our listeners' hearts and minds. We decree and declare a shifting in the atmosphere of peace, a shifting of love, a shifting of encouragement, O oh Lord God. So, ha, we give you praise for what has been prayed. We give you praise for what has been answered. We give you praise for who you are in our lives. Thank you, O oh Lord God. And we decree and declare that, ha, the petitions that have gone up, that they are so. They are yea and amen to your glory. I hope you joined in with me in that time of prayer. I hope you understood the, the importance, hallelujah, of prayer and, and, and of praising God in the midst of your prayer, of being able to say thank you to the Father for what you know he has already worked out. I believe in my heart, just as I just prayed, that there was a shifting in the atmosphere. So before we go into the word of God, we're going to listen to that song, that shifting in the atmosphere. Just imagine in your eyes, just close your eyes and see your God. See your God at work on, on your behalf. See whatever your situation is shifting, shifting to his glory, shifting to your good. Know that he is at work in your life. Give him the praise. Give him the
you think they should. Don't get mad. Don't cuss nobody out. Don't hang up the phone. Worship. If you could just get you out of the way enough to lift your hands and say, God, I need you right here. know where my son is. He's, he's been gone for three days. I may call the police. Yeah. But before I do, I'm going to lift my hands. Because in my worship, they'll find him alive and well. And you'll be shifting the atmosphere. Pain in my body, I Doctors don't know what it is. They tell me, just take this medication, and that gives me another problem. And they say, take this, that, and that gives me another problem. But the next time I go to the doctor, before I walk in the room, I lift my hands. And I'll be shifting the atmosphere. For breakthrough and healing. Worship is shifting, shifting, shifting the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what we're going to talk about tonight as I worship, I worship, I worship. And as he was saying that, you know, no matter what it is you're going through, when you allow yourself to worship, you shift the atmosphere. Even in prayer, prayer can can take on so many different forms. There's prayers of war. There are prayers of adoration. There are prayers of worship. 
And that's what we want to talk about tonight. And even in our warfare, we confuse the enemy when we go into worship, when we know that all hell is breaking loose in our lives, when we know that we're at a place where we can't look to the left or look to the right, and the enemy thinks that, okay, I've got you now. You have nowhere to go, nothing to do, no place to turn. I've got you. I've got you. Give up. As Job's wife told him, just curse God and die. Just give up because I got you. I got you. I finally got you in the place that I wanted you. But when you are in that place and you lift up holy hands and you begin to worship God in spite of, just as Job said, yet may you slay me, I'm going to worship. I still see you high and lifted up. As Isaiah said in the day that King Uzziah died, I see the Lord high and lifted up. When you choose to worship in spite of, that's how you become worship. Because it's no longer just what you do. You see, praise is what you do. You Anything can praise the Lord. The, the rocks can cry out in praise. That's what Jesus said. If they choose not to praise me, the rocks will cry out. The birds praise God. Haven't you woke up to that lovely sound of that chirping in the morning of the birds praising? Praise is an awesome thing, and it's an awesome weapon too, but worship is not just something we do. Worship is who we become when we allow the spirit of the living God to take over us in our praise. See, it takes God's worship within us to worship him properly. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but we're going we're gonna to deal with that in just a few minutes when we get over into the New Testament. But we're going to start in the Old Testament. We're going to start with First Chronicles 16. And we're going to read a few verses out of there. This was after David had brought the Ark of the Covenant into the camp of Israel the proper way. Remember at first David chose to to go and to get the Ark and to bring it into the camp, but he did it the wrong way. He didn't do it according to God's way. God had said to that the priests were the only ones that could handle the, the ark, that the priests were the only ones that could stretch out their hand to it. And remember that the gentleman stretched out his hand to steady the ark, and he dropped dead. And David was missed at that. He did not understand how could that be, how could that come into being when it was a good thing he thought he was doing. But, see, even when we're thinking we're doing a good thing, we've got to do that good thing God's way. We can't just do that good thing the way we want to do it. We've got to do it according to the way God wants it done. So this time, when David brought the Ark of the Covenant into the camp, he did it God's way. And if you study First Chronicles, the 16th chapter, it tells of, of the way that, that the, the um, Aspa, the chief, and the chief um, praise worship leader at that point in time, for lack of a better way, that he was one of the Levite ministers that went before the the ark of the Lord in celebration. And because it was done the proper way, David called out, and it says in the seventh verse of the 16th chapter of First Chronicles, it says, then on that day David first entrusted to Asaph and his brothering the singing of Thanks to the Lord as their chief task. The giving thanks unto God. The eighth verse says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his doing among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Meditate on and talk of all his wondrous works and devoutly praise them. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Yearn for and seek his faith and to be in his presence continually. Earnestly remember the marvelous deeds which he has done, his miracles and the judgment he uttered as in Egypt. See, that's part of becoming pray, of becoming worship. As you begin to meditate on the glory of God, on what he's done on your behalf, skip down to the 15th verse. It says, be mindful of his covenant forever, the promise which he commanded and established to a thousand generations. 
the covenant which he made with Abraham and his sworn promise to Isaac. See, when we begin to meditate on the covenant that God has made with us, when we begin to meditate on what he has done on our behalf, it causes a worship to erupt within us. He went on to, to speak on what God decreed over his children, saying in the 22nd verse, saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. See, that's the God you serve. So in your worship, you recognize who he is. Recognize what he has decreed over you. Let me read that 22nd verse again, saying, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You are the anointed of God. You are the prophet of God. His spirit dwells within you. A prophet just speaks forth the will of God. It speaks forth the knowledge of God. God has given you a prophetic ability. I'm not talking about the office of a prophet. I'm talking about the ability to prophesy over your own life, the ability to decree and declare what thus says the Lord over you and in your situation. And when you do that, when you touch the hem of God, when you when you get into that place in God where you can freely worship, you can freely decree and declare what he has spoken over your life. That's a, another part of becoming worship. We're going to go down to the 25th verse. It says, for great is the Lord and greatly do be praised. He also is to be reverently feared above all so-called gods. And and forgive me because I'm skipping back and forth between the King James Version and the Amplified Version. So just so you understand, because I find so much meat in both versions. The King James says in that same verse, the 25th verse, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. And this is the verse that I really want you to, to get in your spirit. Is the 29th verse. It says, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Bring before the God before God an offering. In the Amplified, it says, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and in holy array. In holy array. That means that you clothe yourself in holiness. That's not the garment of cloth that you have on your body. That's the spirit of the living God that you've clothed yourself in, to be arrayed in his holiness, to be arrayed in his glory. Oh, hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. Cross-reference that, First Chronicles, the 16th chapter, with Psalms 96, because it, 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 Psalms 96 is taken directly from Chronicles 16. You see, we're going to read this in its entirety because it's only 13 verses, and I'll read it for you in the Amplified so you get it in your spirit. It says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless, affectionately praise his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nation, his marvelous works among all the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be reverently feared and worshipped above all so-called gods. For all the gods of the nations are lifeless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all ye families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. 
Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him into his court. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before and reverently fear him all the earth. Say among the nations that the Lord reigns. The world also is established so that it cannot be moved. He shall judge and rule the people righteously and with justice. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all the things which fill it. Let the field be exuberant and all that is in it. Then shall all the trees of the woods sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes forth. Before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge and govern the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and justice and the people with his faithfulness and truth. Go back up there with me to verse verse 7. Ascribe to the Lord, all ye families of the people, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before and reverently fear the Lord, all the earth. In the seventh verse, in the King James Version, it, it's our promises taken directly from First Chronicles 16. Excuse me. Give unto the Lord all ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his court. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Bring an offering. What kind of offering can you bring unto the Lord to worship him in the beauty of holiness? The blood of goats and lambs, that doesn't work anymore. The pigeons, the turtle doves, he's not looking for that anymore. The blood offering has already been made. Christ made the blood offering over 2,000 years ago when he sacrificed himself. That was the blood offering that God was looking for. So when he's telling you to come into his presence with an offering, The only offering that you can bring into his presence that he desires is you. You are that offering. He needs you to become that worship. He needs you to be poured out before him. He needs you to pour out of your heart unto him. He needs you. He's looking for you. You are that offering that he so desires. You are it. You are arrayed in his Spirit, you are the one that comes in the beauty of holiness. Remember we just talked about that. It's not the garment that you wear on your back. I know that there was a time when holiness was identified by how you dress. And, yes, should we dress in a modest apparel? Absolutely. Should we give honor to God in what we put on? Yes, we should. Yes, we should. I believe that wholeheartedly, that there is a a proper way to present yourself when you represent God. But it's not about your dresses being down to the floor and you're not having on any makeup and any jewelry. That's not what he's calling for when he's telling you to be arrayed in holiness. He's calling for you to put on his garment of praise, put on his spirit. When you put on the armor of God, when you put on the garment of praise, when you put on his ability to cover you, then you are arrayed in the garment of holiness. That's what he's looking for. That's what he desires from you. Go to John. Now, we're taking this into the New Testament, so we bring balance so you recognize and understand that, that this, this beauty of holiness, that this, this um, call for you to worship him carries on into the New Testament. Christ speaks of it. Go with me to John, the fourth chapter. And the fourth chapter is dealing with the woman at the well or the Samaritan woman. 
and it talks about when when Jesus came to the well and asked her to give up, give of him drink, and she was like, you know, why are you speaking to me? I'm a Samaritan. You are a Jew. You don't. We don't even talk to one another. But see, God broke it down. Christ broke it down to her who he was. He told her about herself, and that opened up her eyes. When he told her about herself, then he then she said to him, I perceive you to be a prophet. Go down, excuse me, into the 21st verse, and he says unto her, he says, woman, believe me, the hour cometh, because, oh, let me back up, let me back, because she was, she was talking about worship and where people worship. So let me start here in the 19th verse. He, and she said, and it, the word of God says, the woman saith unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye shall worship, ye know, ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. I'm I'm going to read this one in the Amplified, okay? I like King James. I love King James, but sometimes the these and the thous confuse people. So let me go back and read this out of the, the Amplified. It says, the woman said to him, sir, I see and understand that you are a prophet, our forefathers worshipped in this mountain, but you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where it is necessary and proper to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither merely in this mountain nor merely in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not know what you are worshipping. You worship what you do not comprehend. In other words, they didn't understand what they were worshiping. We do know what we are worshiping. We worship what we have knowledge of and understand. For after all, salvation comes from among the Jews. A time will come, however, indeed it is already here, when the true, genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking just such people as these as his worshipers. God is a spirit, a spiritual being, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said unto him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ, the anointed one. And when he arrives, he will tell us everything we need to know and make it clear to us. Jesus said to her, I who now speak with you am he. So he came and he gave revelation about our worship. As he spoke to the Samaritan woman, he gave revelation about our worship. He said, a time will come, however, indeed is already here. When the true, genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, that truth being reality. For the Father is seeking just such people as these as his worshipers. God is a spirit, a spirit being, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, in reality. He is a spirit being, and guess what? He created us in his image and in his likeness. We are spirit beings as well. And he created us for worship. So just as he created us to worship him in spirit and in truth, he created us to be that, to be that worshiper. The word of God talks about when, when Lucifer, Satan, the devil, whatever you want, name you want to give him, fell from heaven. Before his fall, it said that he was arrayed in such a manner that he was an actual musical instrument, that as he moved, worship just eluded from him because that's how God created him, to be worship, to be worship. 
But he got so caught up in wanting desire to for the angels to worship him. He got caught up in his arraignment. He got caught up in, in the glory that God had placed upon him, so he wanted the worship due unto God. That's how he got kicked out of heaven. But just as God had created him to be worshipped, created him that as he moved, this melodic sound would come out of him, he has likewise created us to be worshipped. He has created us to give him glory and honor. He has created us to know him in spirit and in truth. So as you go about your day, as you're confronted with all the different things that may come your way, as you're confronted with the difficulties of life, recognize and understand the spirit of God that lives within you. Speak to your situation with the authority and the power that God has given you as his representative in the earth realm. See, no matter how powerful we are in God, if we don't properly use what he's placed within us, that power means nothing. It's like having a Bentley sit in front of your house with all this house horsepower and luxury and all this beauty. And you never stick the key in and turn it on to start it so that you can drive it. It's just sitting there. You've missed the blessing in it. Don't miss the blessing that God has placed within you. Start it up. How do you start up that power? How do you start up that blessing that's within you? By worship. By worshiping God. In the middle of the situation, in the middle of the circumstance. By becoming that that you've already been created to be. Spirit and in truth is how he wants to be worshipped. And it's his spirit dwelling within you that gives you the ability to worship him. So you are that worship. You have to sometimes get into that place that David got in and say unto yourself, be lifted up, spirit. Why are you heavy laden? Why are you downtrodden? Be lifted up. Know the God that you serve. Know that he's going to work it out. Know that if you need a place to stay, he's already got it worked out for you. Know that if you have medical needs, he's already worked out your healing. Know. Know that if that child is wayward, he's already worked out a plan to bring him in. Know, know that, so that when you know that you know that you know, it's easy to worship in spite of, because you don't get caught up in what you see with the physical eye. You don't even get caught up with the hurt and the pain you may feel in your heart. Yes, I've been there. I've had my heart physically hurt over of a disappointment, over a betrayal. I physically felt it hurt. Just as I physically felt it hurt, I physically felt the the impartation of God come into it and heal that pain. So I know what I'm saying to you. It's not just what I've read. It's what I've experienced. Experience him. Know him for who he is. Allow him to be God in your life. Become what he's created you to be. Bring an offering. We offer in money, we offer in time, but the greatest offering that we can bring unto God is ourselves. Pour out yourself before him as a sweet-smelling savor. You are the worship that God desires. He desires you. He desires that in all that you do that you give credit and honor unto him. He desires that you yield yourself, your heart, your mind, your body, your spirit to him wholeheartedly, holding nothing back. He desires that you would choose to worship, choose to give the glory and honor to him. I encourage you today, become worship, even in the midst. I know sometimes it's hard. I know sometimes that struggle gets to that place where all you want to do is just cry. But even when you break down in tears, even as those tears may stream down your face, lift up holy hands and continue to decree and declare, but I choose to worship, oh God. I choose to believe you, oh God. I choose not to turn back. I choose 
to look to the hill for which cometh my help. I choose you over the situation. I choose you over the circumstance. I choose you over what I have and over what I have not. I still choose you. I still choose to yield my heart to you. I still choose to give of myself to you. I still choose to worship because worship is who I am. Because worship is who you created me to be. Give unto God. Give unto God all that you have. And all that you have is you. Really, it really is. Money comes and it goes. People, they come and they go. The only thing that's constant in your life is God and yourself. Those are the two constants. So choose to give up yourself to the Father. I pray that this has been a blessing to you on this evening. I pray, hallelujah, that you have been encouraged in the midst of whatever it is that you may be facing. I pray that you will choose to be worshipped unto God. I give him all the praise and all the glory for what I've been able to share with you on today. We're going to close out the broadcast with a song that is most appropriate. It's Wes Morgan's I Choose to Worship. Join us again next Monday night for prayer, praise, and the word of God. Until then, be blessed and may God's benefits and glory rest mightily upon you. I decree and declare his favor in your life. Favor will take you where money doesn't dare to go. So just hold on to God's unchanging hands. Know that he's got your situation in control and continue to choose to worship. God bless you.
I need everybody in here to help me do it right now. Come on. He's healing me. Come on, I need you to lift yourself up out of that mess that you're in right now. Come on. Some of you have been down so long. Come on, make up your mind right now. I can't lay here and die. I got to seek after him. I hear his voice calling me right now. He's healing me. I'm coming to you broken tonight. I'm coming to you wounded tonight. I'm coming to you right now. I need your presence in my life. I'm going to worship. Yes, I am. He's healing me. I'm going to worship. Oh, he's healing me. Yes, he is.